Good afternoon, brothers and sisters. Let us now rise from our ship and lift up our hearts unto the Lord. Let us together confess our dependence upon the Lord. Our help is in the name of the Lord. We make heaven and earth. Amen. Receive now God's greeting. Grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth. Amen. Let us now sing together from Psalm 16, the stanzas four and five, a psalm of praise to our God, who is with us in life and death. And then let us remain standing as together we will confess our undoubted Catholic Christian faith with the singing of the Apostles' Creed as it is put to music in hymn one.
Brother and Sister Jansen have requested the baptism of their son, Louis Carey. Let us together read the form for the baptism of infants. Find that on page 597 of your book of praise. Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, the doctrine of holy baptism is summarized as follows. First, we and our children are conceived and born in sin, and are therefore by nature children of wrath, so that we cannot enter the kingdom of God unless we are born again. This is what the immersion in or sprinkling with water teaches us. It teaches the impurity of our souls so that we may detest ourselves, humble ourselves before God, and seek our cleansing and salvation outside of ourselves. Second, baptism signifies and seals to us the washing away of our sins through Jesus Christ. We are therefore baptized into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. When we are baptized into the name of the Father, God the Father testifies and seals to us that he establishes an eternal covenant of grace with us. He adopts us for his children and heirs and promises to provide us with all good and avert all evil or turn it to our benefit. When we are baptized into the name of the Son, God the Son promises us that he washes us in his blood from all our sins and unites us with him in his death and resurrection. Thus we are freed from our sins and accounted righteous before God. When we are baptized into the name of the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit assures us by the sacrament that he will dwell in us and make us living members of Christ, imparting to us what we have in Christ, namely the cleansing from our sins and the daily renewal of our lives, till we shall finally be presented without blemish among the assembly of God's elect in life eternal. Third, since every covenant contains two parts, a promise and an obligation, we are through baptism called and obliged by the Lord to a new obedience. We are to cleave to this one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to trust him and to love him with our whole heart, soul, and mind, and with all our strength. We must not love the world, but put off our old nature and lead a God-fearing life. And if we sometimes through weakness fall into sins, we must not despair of God's mercy, nor continue in sin. For baptism is a seal and trustworthy testimony that we have an eternal covenant with God. Although our children do not understand all this, we may not therefore exclude them from baptism. Just as they share without their knowledge in the condemnation of Adam, so are they without their knowledge received into grace in Christ. For the Lord spoke to Abraham, the father of all believers, and thus also speaks to us and our children, saying, I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. Peter also testifies to this when he says, For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Therefore, in the old dispensation, God commanded that infants be circumcised. 
The circumcision was a seal of the covenant and of the righteousness of faith. Christ also took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. In the new dispensation, baptism has replaced circumcision. Therefore, infants must be baptized as heirs of the kingdom of God and of his covenant. And as they grow up, their parents have the duty to instruct them in these things. In order that we may now administer this holy sacrament of God to his glory, for our comfort and for the upbuilding of the congregation, let us call upon his holy name. Almighty eternal God, in your righteous judgment, you punished the unbelieving and unrepentant world with a flood, but in your great mercy saved and protected the believer Noah and his family. You drowned the obstinate Pharaoh and all his host in the Red Sea, but let your people Israel through the midst of the sea on dry ground by which baptism was signified. We therefore pray that you and in your infinite mercy will graciously look upon this, your child, and incorporate him by your Holy Spirit into your Son, Jesus Christ, so that he may be buried with him by baptism into death and raised with him to walk in newness of life. We pray that he, following him day by day, may joyfully bear his cross and cleave to him in true faith, firm hope, and ardent love. Grant that he, comforted in you, may leave this life, which is no more than the constant death, and at the last day may appear without terror before the judgment seat of Christ, your Son. All this we ask through him, our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who with you and the Holy Spirit, one only God, lives and reigns forever. Amen. Parents, would you please rise? Beloved in the Lord, you have heard that baptism is an ordinance of the Lord our God to seal to us and our children his covenant. We must therefore use this sacrament for that purpose and not out of custom or superstition. That it may be clear then that you desire baptism for the right purpose, you are to answer sincerely the following questions. First, do you confess that our children, though conceived and born in sin and therefore subject to all sorts of misery, even to condemnation, are sanctified in Christ, and thus as members of his church ought to be baptized? Second, do you confess that the doctrine of the Old and New Testament summarized in the confessions and taught here in this Christian church is the true and complete doctrine of salvation. Third, do you promise, do you promise as father and mother to instruct Lewis Harris in this doctrine as soon as you're able to understand and to have him instructed therein to the utmost of your power? Brother Jansen, what is your answer? I do. Sister Jansen? After the baptism, we will sing together from hymn 71, oh, I'm sorry, from hymn 58, the stanzas 1, 2, and 3, Our Children, Lord, as Covenant Heirs.
let us now unite in prayer, give thanks in prayer, and also ask the Lord's blessing over this worship service. Almighty, merciful God and Father, we thank and praise you that you have forgiven us and our children all our sins through the blood of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ. You received us through your Holy Spirit as members of your only begotten Son and so adopted us to be your children. You sealed and confirmed this to us by holy baptism. We pray through your beloved Son that you will always govern this child by your Holy Spirit that he may be nurtured in the Christian faith and in godliness and may grow and increase in the Lord Jesus Christ. Grant that he thus may acknowledge your fatherly goodness and mercy which you have shown to him and to us all. And may he live in all righteousness under our only teacher, king, and high priest, Jesus Christ, and valiantly fight against and overcome sin, the devil, and his whole dominion. May he forever praise and magnify you and your son, Jesus Christ, together with the Holy Spirit, the only true God. Lord, we thank you that you make your promises to us and to our children, O Lord, that we may be assured that you will always be with us, no matter what happens to us. Lord, that even in death you are with us, you will not abandon us. And Heavenly Father, what a great hope you give us, what a great joy. And we thank you that we may hear about that joy Again today, that we could hear it this morning and now this afternoon. O Lord, the joy of salvation, the joy of the forgiveness of sins and of eternal life. Teach us this afternoon what it means and what we have to look forward to, O Lord. And grant that in this way we may never be discouraged, O Lord, that we may always be full of hope and full of joy because of what you have done for us through no merit of our own. Lord, bless us. Forgive us our many sins, O Lord, and grant that we are able to be attentive to the preaching, and that in this way, O Lord, we may be encouraged and strengthened in our faith. Lord, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us now open God's Word and let us read from the last book of the Bible, or the second last chapter, chapter 21, about the new heaven and the new earth. Here God speaks to us in his wonderful word. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, 
I am making all things new. Also he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Then came one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues and spoke to me saying, come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and he showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, its radiance like a most rare jewel like a jasper, clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with 12 gates, and at the 12 gates, and at the gates, 12 angels, and on the gates, the names of the 12 tribes of the sons of Israel were inscribed. On the east, three gates, on the north, three gates, on the south, three gates, and on the west, three gates. And the wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them were the 12 names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And the one who spoke with me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city and its gates and walls. The city lies four square, its length the same as its width. And he measured the city with his rod, 12,000 stadia. Its length and width and height are equal. He also measured its wall, 144 cubits by human measurement, which is also an angel's measurement. The wall was built of jasper, while the city was pure gold like clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with every kind of jewel. The first was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth carnelian, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysoprase, the eleventh Jacinth, the twelfth amethyst. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls, each of the gates made of a single pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon or to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the lamb. By its, by its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it, and its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. And they will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations. But nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Let us now respond together by singing from hymn 73, stanzas one through five, Lo, what a glorious sight appeared. <laughs> 